When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Great to have you in. Roadshow Monday. We're here at Rosie's downtown with Hale Bar City Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're well. Hope you're recovered from Black Friday. Hope you're recovered from all sorts of overdoing it at the, uh, the dining room table. Did you weigh yourself before Thanksgiving? Did you weigh yourself after Thanksgiving? And did you uh, lose some of that weight? with about two seconds left around 2.30 on Black Friday. It is a, an extended therapy Monday here on Hale Varsity, 489-1240. 489-1240. And Elijah and I will try and offer some solutions moving forward with Nebraska football because uh, the old uh, Counting Crows song, Long December, has been played on loop for many of you and some of you are screaming at me i don't listen to the counting crows fine whatever but it it made a little bit of sense because this is going to be well the longest of of off seasons because nebraska was right there 489-1240-800-825-5865 you want to get in uh, you're welcome to it. We'll get to all of your stream comments. Chopper76 uh, leads off roll call. He was in first. We'll get to his comments. You want to make a comment, real easy to do. Different ways to participate. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel you can watch the show there and comment. Uh, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio is uh, where you go to watch the show and uh, follow us on Twitter, KFOR, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Can email Elijah, Elijah at HerdAtSports.com. Uh, so we're here at Rosie's, 10th and P downtown. You are invited down to come hang out and uh, be part of the Big Ten recap. Unfortunately, uh, we've recapped this ending too many times, three times in the same season. There's been a walk-off win for somebody else. Monday Night Football, I know you know a Bears fan. I know you know a Vikings fan. They touch gloves tonight. Elijah, did you make it through your holiday weekend all right, unscathed, plenty of turkey? Oh, yeah, not as much turkey as I would have liked. I, I, I opened up my Thanksgiving leftovers to my roommates, and they hammered the turkey, so... Uh, that is all right with me. I still have some green bean casserole and some mashed potatoes left over, so I'm still rocking through that. But other than that, good. At least the Broncos got it done yesterday. That was a convincing win over the Browns in a score. Saving grace game. for you. A scoregami game. That was all good, and I'm feeling refreshed. It's just kind of that that depressing feeling of into the long dark night of the off season we go. 
is it football season yet? Uh, yes, it's, it's still football season, so we'll shift to recruiting. We'll shift to some comments Matt Rule will have for us on Wednesday and plenty of uh, Big Red football to still talk about. Big Red hoops is unbeaten. Creighton looms, so we'll ramp up to that in Michigan State. Those are two circled dates for Fred and company. Uh, phone call that we got to get to? Yes, we do. We have Scott on the line. All right, Scott's going to lead us off. Scott, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go for it. Hi, how are you folks today? We're hanging in, man. What do you think? Well, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm the old guy in the West Side Stadium sells programs. And anyway, uh, I'm thinking that Nebraska ran into the same problem that Mississippi State did. And that is. Not enough cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> well, it uh, depends on who you ask, who Mississippi State's hosting or or visiting, if there is such thing as too much cowbell. Our old friend the Pirate loved his cowbell he had on his desk. He'd play it for us from time to time. But, yeah, they just found a way to, to not get it done, and that's spanned seasons I love this group defensively. I love the youth on offense or some of the guys that got reacquainted with some starting spots after guys went down. So I'm not out on Nebraska. I'm not out, out on Nebraska 2024. I just think there's some some things that need to be looked at, specifically the offense, Scott, and, and where they need to go, what, what type of play they need to get from one very important position that the rest of the world's looking for, pro college, high school, peewee, and that is the quarterback spot. And can you find a guy that'll make good decisions? Can you find a guy that you trust to call plays for? And can you find a guy that gets into a groove when it comes to his play calling? And uh, just so we bring this full circle, can you start out better than the 11-yard line? <laughs> can you can you do that multiple times in a game so you're not having to put together a big play or pray that a big play, a shot play happens, or you're able to reel off 13 plays, 89 yards? Easier said than done. Yeah, I, uh, it's disappointing, but I think they've got the right coaches. And to, don't bail on them now. Uh, I think they got the, the keys, uh, what they need to do. And they're going to do it, and uh, I think they're going to they're going to be okay. Uh, just give him some time. Uh, he didn't say he was going to uh, uh, fire up the whole world this first year, so uh, he got to hang with them for a little bit. Uh, I think they're on the right track. Uh, it seems to be the right attitude. Uh, now the fans, we got to adapt that same right attitude and uh, help them along and encourage them. So that's all i got to say, and happy holidays to you, you folks. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the show, and uh, uh, we'll hang with the, the basketball team, and uh, I think they get a good shot against uh, the Blue Jays. That, that'll be a fun ball game. Scott, take care. Best to you. Thanks for being there for all those years with Nebraska selling programs out in front of the West Stadium. And you got to get your program from Scott for sure. Appreciate the phone call, Scott, 489-1240. I don't – listen, there's been – if you go back through the old tape, the, the tape screams make a change. That is Nebraska fan uh, emotional 
understandably so after another walk-off gut punch. Uh, Matt Rule's more measured. This staff is very measured. And they know they got to get better in a better Big Ten in 2024. It can't be just one side of the football doing all the heavy lifting. And, you know, there's so many things to address, Elijah. Crunch time, quarterback play, uh, the management of, of crunch time. And I think depending on who you ask, the question is still valid. Monday afternoon, are you still pissed? <laughs> and, yeah, some are. Some are still ticked off uh, about Black Friday. And, and it's not just Black Friday. It's, it's Minnesota. It's Wisconsin. It's Maryland. It's Colorado. Uh, I don't think anyone was expecting an, an unbeaten season. Uh, all the analytics pegged the 5-7 and seven finish or, or around there. But the team was right there, uh, Elijah, to have that breakthrough. Let's get to Vegas. Let's get to, to Phoenix. Let's get to Detroit, the oil change bowl. All of there was, all of that was still on the, um, uh, on the table for Nebraska, and they couldn't close. But there's a little bit of this same old Nebraska mindset, bud, with uh, getting into a close game and, not being able to finish it's going to take some some time the right guy pulling the trigger and coaching up that right guy and i think that's that's got to be addressed Uh, this staff has shown the ability to uh, develop but you got to have more development at the quarterback spot and that's not a shot at harburg that's not a shot at, at chubba that's squarely on the shoulders of your offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach whether you have an injured team or not figure out what they can do, call it, and then pray that they go execute it. Well, you, you ask where I'm at, Schmitty. I, I use the grieving process here as the example. You have denial and anger, which I think <laughs> denial is where you were at whenever Chubba Purdy threw the interception late in the fourth quarter. No way that could have just You happened. were waiting for it to happen. Maybe it wasn't an interception, but you were waiting for a fumble, a false start, some sort of act of God against Nebraska. I was waiting for something bad to happen. Great Tommy Hill picked it. Great, there's a holding call. You're out of field goal range. How are they going to bleep this up in the last minute 10? And it happened because you've seen it happened all in November. Well, regardless of when denial happened, I think we made it through anger and bargaining in our postgame show. <laughs> Maybe anger was postgame. Bargaining was in the Saturday morning show when we had Brandon and Gary on. Depression, maybe that's where we're firmly at right now. Then you got to get to acceptance which, according to the, the Kubler-Ross grief cycle, exploring options, a new plan in place, moving on. Have we made it there on a Monday just yet? I don't no know. No way. Absolutely but, but not. If you haven't made it there just yet, I think I'm, I'm starting to get there. I'm looking at the Matt Rule history, right? Maybe hmm? this is the first piece of off-season Kool-Aid that you need here on uh, Monday, November 27th at 4.16 p.m. Is, is the acceptance that you need on year one looking at year two at both Temple and Baylor, because Matt Rule said, you know what, it feels more like a year two than a year one. He's saying that back in fall camp. Year two at Temple, six and six. Year two at Baylor, seven and six. Year one at Nebraska, we know it's five and seven, but it's still kind of in that same ilk. Year three at Temple, 10 and two regular season. Year three at Baylor was an 11 and one regular season. If Nebraska's a year ahead, as Matt Rule insinuated, what's that year three pop? Is it as simple as going and getting yourself a quarterback? Is that all it takes? To get that year three pop because the defense looks pretty ready-made as i'm already mm-hmm. forecasting out to next year you have a lot of pieces in place only a couple of holes who fills the shoes of quentin newsom is one question 
who fills the roles in the interior linebacker spots is another question. But Nebraska's defense looks fairly ready-made for next season. Are they just a quarterback away? If so, year two could be that year three pop. There's the first bit of offseason Kool-Aid for you if you haven't heard it just yet. You got it from Elijah Herbal on November 27th, about 4.15 p.m. So 4.17 Central Standard Chime, <laughs> Chopper 76 first, and I'm still pissed. First damn game to win in all of November. Just one damn game to win all in November. The whole damn month, ugh. Um, so he's still in anger in the denial process. Yeah, he, he's still in anger. Uh, Brandon, I don't know what he's wanting to send, but he wants to send Sat a Christmas present. That might be bargaining. Is that bargaining? <laughs> Maybe it's depression. I don't know. Anonymous checks in in the stream. You're welcome to do it. Hail Varsity YouTube. Uh, channel is where you watch the show and send in your comments. We'll get to more of your phone calls, 489-1240, open phones till 5. Uh, as as I, well, Instead of Therapy Monday, we'll just call it Grieving Monday. People remember Temple football games for uh, a couple of hours. People remember Baylor football games for a couple of weeks. People remember Nebraska football games for 50 years. Amen Anonymous. Uh, it is memorable. It is part of your fabric. And uh, more from Anonymous. The only FBS team without a six-win season in the last seven years. Colorado, UMass, New Mexico, and Nebraska. But at least Colorado's still on that list. Uh, Matthew checks in and says, So many thoughts and feelings. I'm not sure where to start. And... Uh, Anonymous wraps up, I've never seen a team win after their quarterback fell in the end zone. What the bleep. <laughs> yeah, Biscuits and Gravy tried to uh, to make that a, a memorable finish because, and, and Dolman nailed it. Dolman sent me a text and said, how epic would it be, 12 to 10, Nebraska gets a safety and, and wins the ball game. So, there you have it. But, uh, We'll dive in here next segment to the topic of, of vision and reality. What What is the vision moving forward for Nebraska? What's the reality moving forward for Nebraska? 800-825-5865. Uh, and uh, Brian checks in in the stream. Highly aggravating couple of weeks. I think I'm putting my name in the transfer portal See, I don't know about that. I don't That's know how a much far, but like it was. I don't know how much more Nebraska fans can can take with this, and it's been an ongoing thing. It's not just a rule thing. You you were in position to win every single game in November. I, I will say that maybe people will go and and, and find the the little small moments while they were in position. I, I think if Shubba Purdy was in at the end of that Michigan State game, Husker fans would be feel a lot better about his ability to go down and lead a game winning drive. Uh, Maryland game. What happens if you kick the field goal instead of just trying to, to get into the end zone in that moment? Wisconsin game. If you use your timeouts differently, do you go win that game? Iowa. I mean, you're in position to win that football game. If there's no holding call on the on the interception return, if Chubba Purdy doesn't throw it right between the, what was it, the the nine and the zero of the Iowa defender? I don't the, know. The, I remember the, the zone number. blitzed, dropped defensive end I mean, just by moments, Phil Parker. Moments in all those games where you say Nebraska should have gotten to six wins, but they don't, and we're back into the offseason, and Highly frustrating is, uh, is simply put with how that season ended. Highly, highly frustrated. Question is, does Nebraska come back motivated through the offseason? 
what type of changes Absolutely. are made, what does that disappointing November lead to through an offseason? We're going to be here, Schmitty, for the next, what, nine months talking about it? That's, that's yeah. the, the depressing aspect of this Monday here is you're staring down the barrel of another nine-month-long offseason. And well, and there's a lot not a lot between of now and September. fluff and hype with, with Rule. It's pretty matter-of-fact. And you, Grandpa, perhaps stop handing out black shirts before the games and hand out yellow socks after the game. <laughs> Seems appropriate for a group that continues to choke and pee down their leg. Uh, it's, it's a skill to win tight ball games. Just ask Iowa. Uh, down here at Rosie's, 10th and P, a Rosie's Road Show, a Big Ten recap. Get to your phone calls, get to your comments, and open phones here this first hour. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, will join us at 5. Jay Moore completes the Blackshirt Hour. Hail Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back to your road show. Monday here, Rosie's downtown. 10th and P, you're invited out, hunkered out for some Monday night football. Bears, Vikings. They'll have uh, bags going on. Love Rosie's down here. Plenty of space. They have uh, all sorts of amenities for you. Pool table, darts, the bags league is just a ton of fun. A group of dudes and gals roll in here and uh, show off their arm. Uh, Pinpoint accuracy and precision. Great drink specials as always here at Rosie's downtown. Come see Munchie and the crew and yeah, the uh, the Monday food specials are uh, to die for as well. So but we you, invite you, you down. You describe that in a way that we need to figure out if they can evade a defensive end and if they have any college eligibility left. That's how you just describe well, the see, it's but it's but none of them are over overhand. They're they're underhand. You've played bags before. Is this the revolution uh, we need in college football? Does Nebraska need to find the next underhanded throwing? We need to find the, the Rick Barry of quarterbacks <laughs> at the free throw line instead of. Uh, at the line in the pot pocket, it's a Big Ten recap. Let's talk the topic of vision and reality. What did we think and what do we know about Matt Rule's vision? Well, he wants to be a defensive-minded football team. And he achieved that year one. They not only were the strength of the football team, but I believe uh, that 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 mind's eye was was very real through all 12 football games uh the vision is to have a quarterback that can manage and make some plays do some damage with their feet uh that was inconsistent the reality is is you don't have your starting quarterback on campus right now chubba may if he sticks win the job but you still got to go shopping and bring somebody in via the portal the vision to have explosive track athletes and just phenomenal speed guys on the field to be part of that offensive ensemble. Well, you, you saw young guys step up and make plays as the year went on, and quite honestly, they were missed more than they were hit because uh, some of them were running open for a while. So that vision uh, and reality seemed to, to be shaking hands. You just need somebody to get them the football the vision of having a bruising run game and 
rack up 75 yards in the fourth quarter is still a vision. It's not a reality. You you led the Big Ten in rushing. That was nice. But I, I think there were moments where Sat probably went away from, from running the football and threw it because there's just a lack of respect for Nebraska's passing game. And, 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 and that fell on the, all right, let's stop Nebraska's run game. And the quarterback was still the focal point. You didn't have a, a power a power running situation where you could just line up and run it when you had to, not quite yet. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Elijah, that's where I'm at with the vision versus the reality. Big picture, long term, there's still time to get all these things in sync, to pair with a defense, to pair with better special teams, and and overall better decision making. And at some point you're going to get over that hump in crunch time, and you're going to be on the right side of those one-score games under Matt Rule. I believe that it just wasn't year one. Well, I, I think to, to boil down the year one vision, I think the, the year one vision for the offense was different than the long-term vision for the offense. And I think that this coaching staff thought that they could get by in year one by emphasizing the rushing attack and having a developmental quarterback at the helm. I think they, they saw the potential in Sims, and I thought I think they thought that you know what, we can get by in year one with a developmental quarterback. I think the reality of the situation was you had a defense that was ready to win now, and you found yourself behind the eight ball on offense because of what you thought you could do at the quarterback position. I think they kind of realized, you know what, the margins for error are way too thin in the Big Ten to be able to start a developmental quarterback even in a rebuilding year. I think that's kind of the, the retooling we're going to see this offseason in the quarterback position is, you know what, you can't run an offense in modern college football even differently than 10 years ago if you don't have a quarterback that's a focal point of your offense. I think that's something that is going to have to shift. And part of that shift came, in my opinion, whenever Dylan Royella said he was going to Georgia. You, I mean, you saw a noted shift through the summer in how this staff wanted to recruit. Where it went from, you know what, we're going to go find Raiola and I, uh, who's the receiver? Wingo, the wide receiver Wingo, top target. The offensive tackle from Matter Day, a five-star offensive tackle. When Dylan Royella said, you know what, I'm going to Georgia, and I think he kind of realized... Maybe we didn't have the NIL to go in and make a splash at three different five stars. I think you saw that vision change. You know what? We need to go back to what found us success at Baylor. We're going to go find diamonds in the rough, guys that aren't ranked by any of the recruiting services, guys that don't have any other offers. We're going to see the vision. You saw that shift. Through the season, you saw some things shift. I think post-Colorado, you kind of realized, you know what? We have a defense that's ready to win now. We need to find a quarterback that's going to be ready to win now or at least be better uh, equipped to keep this offense from shooting themselves in the foot than Jeff Sims. And I'm wondering how the vision shifts after that month of November. Because that was a month of November that should shift your long-term vision at Nebraska at least somewhat in terms of what it takes to win in the month of November. I'm not sure what that that is going to look like in practice. We haven't seen far enough down the road. Is that coaching staff mix-up? Is that finding yourself a dedicated quarterbacks coach? Because through the month of November, I think that's what proved to me that offensively, your issues were squarely at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. You had an offensive line and a running game that progressed through the year and was good enough to win your football games. You found you just needed the threat, didn't you, at quarterback? You, you found a freshman wide receiver, I think, that can be reliable in Jalen Lloyd. You have some freshman wide receivers you're, you're bullish on for the future. I think what November proved to me was that, I don't want to say your quarterback away from being great, but that your quarterback was holding your offense back significantly. 
maybe even more so than you thought the month of October. In October, you thought, you know what, the defense and the other pieces on offense are enough to go in football games despite the quarterback. November proved to you, no, you're, you're playing middling Big Ten teams and they're beating you because you don't have a quarterback. The reality is in the Big Ten, the margins are way too thin to have a quarterback that isn't enough to be a, a focal point of your offense. Every team in the Big Ten, it felt like, had a quarterback that could go win them football games when it came down to or at least or not didn't losing, lose didn't lose, didn't lose games. your games and that's what nebraska didn't lose had. that's what the, the problem was in november you didn't have a quarterback that was good enough to not, not lose your football games and you know this this year's a lot of you know what if dot 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 what if sims wasn't what he is and that's the guy that's got all the physical tools in the world but from a decision making and taking care of the football standpoint problematic harburg limited as a thrower to his defense hasn't spent a lot of time developing as a thrower four eight nine twelve forty and then you see chubba what if hurt chubba wouldn't have been hurt earlier in the year where he's a guy a viable option that, that was probably your best passing option but as a whole you got three quarterbacks that are one read guys at least it looked like that, and uh, and once that adjustment was made by a defense, and it's going to happen in the Big Ten, it was it was game over four eight nine twelve forty. But uh, vision and reality for this football program, uh, that's a nice vision, Brandon. Brandon chimes in on the stream, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Chris, you want to go fifty fifty on a mobile whiskey bar outside Memorial Stadium? Backside will sell Prozacs. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that's legal or not. No, give me uh, that the the South Stadium renovation. Get me that. Give me a whiskey you, bar you, inside you, the stadium with Prozac. All right. There there's Elijah's dream for the future and vision. Maybe a sports uh, book Adam, too. Yeah, Adam says I still blame Steve Peterson. F that guy. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, Dave checks in. And Dave says uh, the Iowa loss was not a gun punch. It was a full-on running start kick to the junk. It was a running start, says Dave's. Uh, it says Dave. Colin, our friend in South Bend, those rebuilds happened in a different era of college football with no NIL, no transfer portal in a weaker conference against weaker opponents. The examples hold a little weight in 2023. I don't agree with that. Uh, no, I mean if you're a, if you're a program that has the resources like Nebraska, you should be in the running uh, from a let's have a conversation. Now, there's one of the national recruiting analysts on 24/7. Forget his name, but he's been reached out to by Nebraska fans about. All right, what about uh, the, the portal? What quarterback should or would or could fit for Nebraska? And this national 24-7 analyst, got to look his name up, and he's like, dude, I'd never go play for Satterfield. End the discussion. Like, that was his response on social media. And, and there's that narrative out there about Nebraska's offensive coordinator. And it's, it's so easy to, to point the finger and blame. And, and was he... As good as advertised? No. Maybe he's what was advertised. The guy that has turnover-prone offenses, and the the narrative is he's a buddy hire. I mean, Sant's coached a long time, and there's been some years where he's not coached with rule. 
all that being said, he has got to get his offense for sure. But while he's still quarterback coach, he has got to get his quarterback one through three ready to go. And you saw Harburg come in and perform a little bit, but but not get better as the year went on. Teams figured him out. There was an adjustment. He got dinged. Here comes Purdy out of the gate on fire. That was nice. And then uh, when push comes to shove, just too much inconsistency with communication. I mean, how many times did Nebraska put a gun to the head of a timeout and pull the trigger that you needed down the stretch? 489-1240. We'll get to Chris's comment here after a phone call. Yeah, we have Dave on the line. Dave, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go for it. Uh, I think it registered on the Richter scale when Hutmacher sacked their quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's I think that actually registered on the – and uh, how painful would have have been if we would have got the safety door up? How how painful would it have been to lose 13 to 12? <laughs> yes, it would have even been worse. But we got to go on. Uh, the volleyball team's on a roll. The men's basketball's on a roll. If anybody from Iowa brings up the football game, ask them where their girls' volleyball team is seated in the tournament coming up here. I don't think they made the cut. No, volleyball smack is always the go-to. Dave, thanks for the phone call. 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Is, uh, we're not here at Rosie's 10th and P. More your phone calls, more your emails, more your comments coming up in the stream. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here, Roadshow Monday, Rosie's 10th and P, downtown Lincoln. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. More comments to get to as it is a therapy slash grieving Monday, as Elijah's titled it, The Steps of Grief. What strep are you in as a Nebraska football fan? Paul's with us on the phone lines. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. I don't know if anyone's already expressed this, though. Somehow I doubt it because this is really out there, but while I will never, ever be happy with a losing season and especially losing to Iowa, I don't know that it wasn't beneficial that we're not going to a bowl. It's going to give us more strength and conditioning time, and it's going to allow the coaches to concentrate on recruiting as opposed to having to deal with uh, bowl practices. And quite frankly, if uh, the ones uh, are the ones that the starters are the ones that are going to get most of the reps in bowl prep. Uh, can you name me uh, uh, number one that's going to be a number one next fall of the uh, skill position players? Well, yeah, I can name you Fedoni. Uh, I think Emmett Johnson are two guys that we can count as skill. I think your offensive line, uh, Ben Hart comes Not back skill. and Pro Hosk. I know, but for what this offense needs to be, I would count them as air quote skill because you're going to need to be able to protect the quarterback and, and drive folks off the line. It starts and ends with the line of scrimmage. So, now I uh, listen. I, we can paint it that there are some silver linings by not going to a bowl, but the fact that you're one of four teams that haven't gone in the last X number of years, seven seasons yeah. now, 
that's embarrassing, that's quite frankly usable against you on the recruiting trail. And from a and from a from a beneficial standpoint, this team is all about development and development who's on campus and that's fifteen extra practices you get. That's an extra spring for a lot of the guys that that you might need in November because your first team guy went down with injury or you just want to have some depth. So getting to a bowl game because you had the opportunity is, is absolutely biting, Paul. Yeah, I, I get that. But honestly, I think strength and conditioning is more important. And I think recruiting is also going to be more important. It's going to but give them a still, better chance you're, to do you're, that. You're still, you're still going to get strength and conditioning whether you go to a bowl game or not. You're going to get in-game simulation as much as you can with 15 practices assuming you, you sprinkle in three or four scrimmages i uh, still i just i'm not gonna buy it and besides i'm hanging by a thread here man i gotta I get find you, something to cheer about paul appreciates thanks for the phone call right, have a good one guys you too man 489-1240 489-1240 800-825-5865 and there's a couple elements to how bad the bowl game hurts and to add to the 15 practices it's not just 15 practices 10 of those practices are coming if not 11 or 12 without the impending doom of oh we have a game at the end of the week so we have to take care of the guys it's more like fall camp-esque practices that you can run than in the month of december that's advantageous no coach is going to say no to, to more practices i'd also add to that though it, it's the recruiting perception the perception around america people see it on twitter recruits see it on twitter oh Colorado, Nebraska, UMass, and I can't remember the fourth school are the only schools in America that haven't made a bowl game in seven years. Why do I think that I'm going to go to Nebraska and find success? Clearly, there's something wrong around it. There's a, a perception that you can sell that, hey, nobody made it in six years. In my first year as a head coach, me being Matt Rule, we made it to a bowl game. You can go and sell that on the recruiting trail. Obviously, you already have guys in the boat. You have a pretty full recruiting class right now, but there is that element to go sell it on the recruiting trail. Hey, you can come be the next big thing. I've already shown it. In year one, we've made progress. Are you going to be able to sell that same way to recruit that didn't watch all the games this year that, you know what, we made progress despite the fact we didn't make a bowl game? It's a harder sell. Well, and quite honestly, you're going to have that payoff. I mean, that, that is your payoff. Yeah, you can talk about progress. Well, they, they won four games a year ago. They won five this year. Ooh, they're so close with one-score games. That's been the story the last few years, and I'm not knocking year one a rule. I think he did a hell of a job. But he'd probably tell you, if you sit down and have a beer with him, that there was more out there for this team. He'd also be very real about where they were limited, what he had to roll with in year one, and the fact that they got to five. I think he's very real about maybe this is where we're at. And while one side of the ball was good to dominant, uh, the other side with the turnovers, very problematic. Who's on the line? Well, this is going to be interesting. We have two different Pete's on the line, so we're going to go to Pete number one first. Okay, Pete, Pete number one, go for it. Thanks for calling. How are you doing today? Good, Pete. Thanks for checking in. I guess in my opinion, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I thought the coaching staff would be more professional. Our clock management, our end of game – uh, didn't seem to be thought out. Um, we, we repeated the same thing several times in several games towards the end of the game. Uh, I, just, I just thought we would be a little bit better there. I think the coaching staff has some soul-searching to do. Um, 
dumb calls. We go to run the ball, and then all of a sudden we go to pass and when the running game's working. Just a lot of different things uh, towards the end of games that I thought was mis- mismanaged in the coaching staff. The other thing is, you know, the defense made some progress, but the truth of the matter is, at the end of games, the defense give up plays to lose the game too. So the defense did did good, but several games they gave up the winning drives at the end of the game, and that that needs to get a little better also. Pete, well thought out. Appreciate the phone call. Four eight nine twelve forty. Yeah, in uh, the game management, that is one or one A. Uh, after quarterback, that might be 2A then, forgive me. And then, yeah, the defense was good, but not clutch. That is super harsh, super harsh, as, as much as they carried all year long. With good, not great offense and special teams, this defense becomes statistically a top three defense. That, that's that, a that, common that's in, other... just to let it be known, common in from Geek yeah. Stradamus for those listening on the air. That's not a, a Schmitty yeah. thought. No, and, and yeah, thank you. I was going to get to the, the, the comment, and thank you for allowing me not to botch Geekstradamus and reading it for me. Who else? We got Pete number two on the line. Yeah, we do. Let's squeeze in Pete number two. Pete, thanks for calling. Go for it. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. I'm going to put a little optimistic twist on this. I know for the past few years there's been a lot of complaints that we're not good enough up front offensively defensively. I think that Coach Rule's philosophy of development can take place in that big guy front, both on the defense and the offense. And, you know, in the past we've had tons of skill player players and still not win games. So I think the path that he's taken will be okay. We don't need a Heisman-type quarterback. A good average game manager will do i think brass is going to be just fine in a couple years pete good call appreciate the optimism there and yeah i mean that's the emphasis and you need to emphasize the lines of scrimmage that's how you win football games in the big 10 and, and beyond uh you have uh, Chris checking in in the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube well, well, channels where you can watch. Can say, you need good line scrimmage to win in the Big Ten, but you can't win anywhere with a, a quarterback that turns the ball over with the, the efficiency that Nebraska does. That's the thing. Right. That That's fair. Uh, we got, quote, next year, put it on T-shirts, drop the Go Big Red chant and start, we got next year. We got next year. I'm a fan of 50 years and five and seven. It's a new standard. That from Chris on the stream. We'll wind down hour one next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. Hour two coming up. Charlie McBride's take on the season. Jay Moore checks in. Uh, John on Twitter uh, at HVarsity Radio is where you can follow the radio show. And he asks us and tags our friends at 1890. <laughs> hey, guys, great show. My question about Satterfield is how much was he truly handcuffed by his quarterbacks, especially early on when Purdy was out with injury? Uh, we had Sims who couldn't catch a snap. HH was serviceable to decent at many points, and then also a turnover machine. And Harburg ended up getting dinged up, and, yeah, defense is caught up to him. Absolutely, 
Satterfield was handcuffed by his quarterbacks. But those two he inherited. You also knew kind of what you had in spring, depending on their availability. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was consulted, if he jumped on the table for Sims. I don't know where he was in the Sims decision-making process other than Sims is coming to Lincoln. I don't know where Satterfield was at in the Casey Thompson discussion. I don't know where Sims. I don't know where uh, Satterfield was at in the um, uh, discussion point with uh, the kid who went to to, to Alabama, um, Logan Smothers. Oh no. So, not, not that I mean, Alabama. You're the other Alabama. <laughs> the I state. Like, I was like, Nebraska had a transfer quarterback to Alabama <laughs> no, last year? I'm, I'm like, sorry. what are you on? <laughs> I'm just drinking water here. I promise. It's not goose. I promise. So we don't well, know those questions. Well, well, I, I assume he's, he's – it's, it's, hey, what do you think, Sat? You want a guy from Georgia Tech that was a former Elite 11? If I'm an offensive coordinator, I go, sure. Uh, and you pray that you can fix him. They couldn't. I, I don't think it was a question that Satterfield was handcuffed by the quarterbacks he had. My bigger question is, is the offense that you were rolling with in the second half of the season, was it adjusted to the strengths of the quarterback as much as it could have been? Because that's October, the thing, that's a, that's, October it was. That's what I'll say about Iowa. Iowa doesn't have a good offense, but it is very narrowly tailored to how garbage their quarterbacks are. Like, they never ask their quarterbacks to do something they can't do. I couldn't say the same for Nebraska and their quarterbacks through the final nine games. You can even call it all 12 games. I didn't think the offense was designed in a way to minimize how much we had to see their weaknesses. I thought their weaknesses Mm -hmm. were brought to the forefront a decent amount. That's my complaint with Marcus Satterfield in 2023. It's not necessarily that the quarterbacks were turning the football over. My question is, is how much of a role did Satterfield play in those turnovers based on what he was calling by not averting play calls that didn't play to their strengths. That's my question with Satterfield. That's why I think he gets another year because I'm not in within the program. Like, I think he deserves a shot at having a quarterback that can run an offense. That is what he wants to call. I don't think what he wanted to call is what we're seeing at the end of the year, but I also don't think he was calling what the strengths of these quarterbacks were and only what the strengths of these quarterbacks were. I think and, he and tried to they, marry they were... what he wanted with what these quarterbacks can do as opposed to just calling what these quarterbacks can do or calling exclusively what he wanted to call. Well, and I think he drifted into what he wanted to do versus what they could do Exactly. too many times. Uh, reminder to get buckled up, and uh, one of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an impaired driver. White tank chances if you drink or use other substances, don't drive. Impaired driving is dangerous. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. More comments from you. And uh, a word from Mr. Blackshirt. Charlie McBride on the way. Jay Moore, Hour 2. Downtown here, Rosie's 10th and P. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Monday here at our friends. Yes, uh, 
We are excited to be here for a second hour in much of November here. Rosie's Sports Bar and Grill downtown. Tenth and P is uh, where you can find us here till 6. And Monday Night Football, they showed a shot on ESPN Sports Center. It's getting all cranked up in downtown Minneapolis. The Bears, the Vikings get going tonight. More of your comments and calls. The Blackshirt Hour commences. Let's welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. We say hi to Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, as uh, we wish Coach uh, happy Thanksgiving and, uh, well, uh, cheers to progress in the offseason. Coach, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, except for the snow. Are you getting hammered with snow? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, well, we only got two inches, but it was, one of those deals where it kind of turned to ice a little bit, and uh, so the bottom of it is ice, and the top of it is snow. And when you have to go, when you're like me, you have to go to the doctor once in a while. And then both of us went, and it was exciting. I mean, <laughs> just getting out of here. <laughs> but yeah, well, it was good. We're good. We're still alive. Be, be safe. Uh, it was icy as all get out Saturday night in Lincoln. Yeah, an, an individual currently on this show who shall remain nameless may or may not have slid into a curb on Saturday night on his way home from the gym. Yeah, not the bar, but the gym. Uh, so that's that's key. We note that. But If there's any consolation, Coach, at least here in Nebraska, maybe we'll send it your way. The warm weather came and the snow has since melted off. So we'll send that your way if possible. Listen, Nebraska's perfect. Whether it snows or rains, I don't care. I still think it's a great place. Well, it, it's it's a little uh, chippy today. It's been a little chippy Saturday. It's been chippy Sunday. It was chippy about 2.30 Friday after uh, another tough <laughs> loss, Coach. What did you think of, well, we'll start with the Iowa game, and then what did you think of the season? Did you think Nebraska made some progress? Well, I think, you know, I, the Iowa game to me was a broken heart job. Mm. You know, I mean, it was just one of those things. I mean, you know, I turn around today and I turn on the television and uh, uh, Ryan Day at Ohio State is like seven, 50-something and seven, and uh, some of the ex-players that played there want to fire him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's lost three in a row, and they want to get him out of town. And uh, to me, uh, if you look at Harbaugh before, he was he dropped six in a row, I think, to Ohio State, and nobody said anything. And it's kind of it, that's how the world goes, you know. And um, you have you're going to have a group of people that are going to want to do certain things, and. There naturally, there's improvement to be made. I mean, there's no question about that. You don't even have to, you know, say what do we need to do. <laughs> you know, we did the same thing, and we were winning. What do we need to improve? Mm-hmm. So it's a constant uh, uh, job. It's a constant thing to do. What plays are this? We used to take play. Uh, the offense and defense took plays. So many, you know, how many plays, I mean, the plays against us that were over like 12 or 15 yards, we took them, and why were they over that? Well, it found out most of the time it was tackling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and 
we thought we were pretty good at it, but yet, you know, it was that was the reason a lot of our plays were over 15 yard or 15 yards or over. So you know, it, it there's a lot of things you can learn, you know, by doing certain things like that, and uh, you know, and I think when you look at the whole picture of, of Iowa and that, I think that's pretty much what everybody does. I listened to one time and the Iowa linebacker last year said, um, "What do you what do you do on defense? I mean, what kind of practice do you?" He said, "We do the same thing every day." I don't know what the same thing is, but they kept repping it and repping it and repping it so that here's a, here. Let me just tell you what I thought on offense. We're going to learn how to play blocking schemes. We don't care if you know what we're running. But we can play them better, and you can run them, and that's the way it worked out. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we had to. And you can take a player that if he can do those things, he can be a, le- a little less athletic than he who he's playing against. And of course, when we played Florida, I mean, I think that was evident that and everybody in the world said they are better athletes than we do and so on and so forth. And it, 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 it turned out the wrong way. But, and then <laughs> I said, at the, I said at the, 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 uh, in the interview before the game, Tom said one thing, and I said, they asked me what we have to do to stop Florida. I said, uh, stop the run, and they all started laughing. And guess how many times they ran the ball in the second half? About two times, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we know is when they're one-dimensional, you can get your rear end in the air and start smoking <laughs> <laughs> after that quarterback. You don't have to worry about the run. You play the, you play the run on the way to the quarterback. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, on Monday with Charlie Coach, what what does Nebraska need to do at the quarterback spot? Uh, there's portal op- there's portal options. They've got kids on on campus. Pretty flashed a little bit, but it was really inconsistent. Specifically, with the amount of turnovers the quarterback position had, Nebraska led the world in, in turnovers, and that probably cost them some ball games this year. Well, let's just forget about what one thing is is this. If you and I are going to go start and uh, you're the offensive coordinator and we say we want to run options, we're going to start in the way back when, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a, something that has to be repped every day, hard. Sure. It's, and, and, and have the quarterback recognize different things that can happen to him to make him pitch the ball or keep the ball and stuff like that. And I think when you put, try to put something in kind of in the middle of the season or whatever, it, 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 it just doesn't happen. Not option football. And, and if, you, if, if you see some of the things you'll hear, well, he pitches the ball when he goes to the right, but he doesn't to the left. And that's something we look at anyway. You know, again, with all teams, some teams just run one option, and we say they run the option. The other thing is we had a and, – and I'm not saying they should do – they can do whatever they want to do, but 
to help us with the option, we had a 10-minute period every day where they, we played the offense themselves. And the, the speed was full speed. However, nobody tackled anybody. We didn't cut anybody. We didn't do anything except try to protect each other. And But we went, and, and all of our guys, when we got the scout team stuff, our scout team played full speed, and they worked on all the things that we worked on in group work, playing against us. And when I told the kids, you're playing against the best line, you're going to play against in the country, or at least one of the top ones. And so it's not going to be any different when you get in there. It's Charlie McBride with us here, Black Shirt Monday Hour here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, whenever you, you look at the offseason that awaits Nebraska, one of the things that I brought up on Saturday on our show, I've brought up a couple times, is whenever a new coach takes over, there's a difference between the vision for what they want a program to be and the reality of where they're at. And there, there has to be some amendments to the vision after a year one and really after every single season in order to make that vision and reality meet. And I want to get your thoughts on, on that as a whole. How much soul searching will the coaching staff be doing this offseason in terms of their long-term vision at Nebraska now that they've seen year one? And where maybe uh, do you think there needs to be some immediate changes to the vision that they brought in, if any? I think you have to be honest with yourself, number one. Uh, talk isn't going to do it from a coach. Talk is numbers are going to do it from a coach. I mean, talk is never going to do it. A coach can talk his brains out and tell you, oh, well, we did this, we had injuries, we had this and we had that. We couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. But I'm going to tell you something right here. If you want to look at our offense, for example, before the uh, – uh, before the game, for example, our rushing offense against the offense was that we were we were first in the conference and 29th in the nation on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and and so that that when when I see something like that, I'm saying, you know, our, <laughs> when you're first in the conference and run defense, that's pretty good, man. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the offense, we were first in the conference in run defense, and we were 29th in the country. And run defense, run offense. Okay, so, you know, you got, you're, you're pretty well stacked up there. You know, and, uh, and it's, you know, that's important we, that we know that we can, we should be able to run the football against anybody. But it, 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 it didn't always turn out that way. And so I think that when you start to, at the beginning uh, of anything, uh, it, 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 it goes back to numbers. Uh, our zone offense, you know, our red zone offense, we were 14th in the conference and 127th in the nation. Okay? That's what our offense was. So... We're a 20 to 20 team. We can get to the 20 and go back to the 20, but we're having trouble getting in the end zone except for the long ball or the big play, or we don't take the ball and smash mouth it right down the field. And that's where things have to be brought into our players and into our offensive people. And that's the way, if we're going to do it that way, that's the way you do it. Defensively, they were eighth in the country, eighth in the Big uh, Ten, and 67th in the nation. So that's the difference. And that's before the Iowa game. That's not the 
the end mm-hmm. result. And so you get some of these things in third down defenses. I can go through all that grim with you. But, you know, those are important numbers and important times. And scoring defense is another thing. And scoring offense is another thing. And, and you know, everybody says, well, that's, a, you know, you've got to be good. You've got 127 teams. And now we'll say this, we only had about 95 teams. Mm-hmm. That was about the most, I think, as I was there. was only, and we were under 100. But now they're over 100, close to 130, you know, Division One teams. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio here at Rosie's Downtown, 10th and P. Coach, we'll, we'll wrap up with this. And do you think Nebraska could run the football when they, when they had to run it? Or do you think they just fancied the pass uh, when it came to picking and choosing how they wanted to go get it done? Look at, look at what happened to us. Look at all the running backs we had that disappeared tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but and, and, and what's the good part of it is the younger guys ended up getting a shot, you know, and, and we probably weren't going anywhere, but we they gave it everything they had to get to a bowl game. To me, that's mm-hmm. where it counts. Sure. I mean, to me, that those are the things you have to get. And your depth next year is going to be at running back should be a little bit better just because you have some guys that were hurt and aren't hurt and are now. And the quarterback position, again, is going to be what are we going to do? What what are we going to run? Are we going to be in, have some option? Are we going to do, you know, a power offense? What, what are we going to do? Are we going to play action passes, drop back? Are we going to be a quick pass? You know, all kinds of things you have to make the decision on. So... Those are the things, and then you can start with it from day one and wear it out. Mm. And there's nothing, that, there's nothing that takes place. The other thing is, is every coach I've talked to when I was a kid was fundamentals. If you don't have good fundamentals in the game, you can quit. And, and you know how we talked about missing tackles and so on and so forth. You got to we. You got to tackle all the time. You got to tackle all the time every week. You don't just have, oh, we're going to be in helmets and sweats today. You better bang around on somebody, or you're going to be in. You're going to be right where you are right now. Charlie McBride, coach, will get caught up next Monday, and uh, talk a little more football. Then, how's that sound? Good, good. And get, I'll get fired up on Monday then. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> Coach, you take care. Be safe with the uh, the snow and the ice, and thanks for a few minutes with us today. Okay. Thanks, guys, for having me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. We I did. I hope you too. Five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> See? Coach, Coach jumped off the diving board for the rest of us. He put on five, and he's smiling. Coach, you be good, all right? <laughs> There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Yep, figure out that identity, right? What do you got at quarterback? Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, uh, continues with the Blackshirt Hour here on Hale Varsity. 
All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Monday. Big Ten recap here. Rosie's downtown, 10th and Peak. Richmond, Elijah Her- Herbal, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer, Jay Moore, co host, Big Red Wrap Up. Find him on Twitter at jmoore44. Bird, it's uh, you blink and the season's done. Uh, and kind of the final insult, uh, a replay and uh, another nightmare finish for the Big Red. How did you take it? Yeah, that would hurt. That's just, there's no way to put it. That, uh, you know, the, the Maryland one hurt and more. And I think this, this one did too, just because you felt like you had a chance to, to win it and you were in control. But unfortunately, uh, you just, it's the same issues that you started out uh, game one with, continue to kind of bite you. In the rear end, and they it, it reared its ugly face again against against Iowa, and that's obviously the turnover issue. Um, it's really just the offensive issue in, in general. Um, just cannot get over the hump in November. You undefeated October, no win November, and um, was completely surprised by that. I thought Nebraska would be able to get at least two out of the last four in November. Obviously, that was not the case, and it simply comes down to you can't turn the ball over. Uh, Nebraska needs better and he needs improved quarterback play. Uh, they need, obviously, to get healthy in the offensive room, too. And then just have to be a little better in situational football. Um, I, don't, I don't remember them being as poor situationally in, in early in the year. And, and granted, I know you can't really, the Michigan game is, is what it is and the Colorado game is what it is. Uh, but I, I just feel like Nebraska was better in October uh, in certain situations, and I'm, I just think of, you know, four-minute situations and a half situations. Uh, you know, the end of the Purdue game comes to mind, even though it was slipping away. You have Emmett Johnson. They put a drive together. He kind of seals that deal up. Uh, but Nebraska in November, they were just very, very poor situationally. And situationally, it could be special teams. You know, like I said, end of half, end of game situations. So it was just kind of a culmination of, of the things that we saw starting in Minnesota. Um, in, in most of the year, just – kind of ended it with with Iowa and it just just still leaves a, a, a pretty poor taste in your mouth and Jay what I think is frustrating is one of the things that happened in October is Nebraska got really beat up on the offensive side of the ball but what's kind of frustrating about that is I didn't notice a monumental drop-off from Turner Corker to Teddy Prohaska from Ethan Piper to Justin Evans Jenkins from the running backs down to Emmett Johnson I mean you have a guy like Jalen Lloyd who steps up and makes some huge plays in the passing game it feels like you can point to to both one position in the quarterback spot in the play calling that kind of led to that complimentary football issue that you're talking about. And I want to get your reaction to just what we saw as a whole from the offense. Do you think it's as simple as, you know what, a transfer portal quarterback can clean up a lot of these issues? Or what do you make of how the offense can respond to get better next season? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it has to start with the turnovers. It just it has to. Those have to get cleaned up. And I do think yeah, – I, I can't imagine being an OC in – it's so hard to call a game when you're, you're off, your guys can't take care of the football. And you want to put them in the best situations to win. And with the injuries and playing young guys. Um, and I, I feel like 
I know Satterfield's got the, the a lot of people are unhappy, but I, I you know I I I'm not gonna I'm not going there yet. I, he needs I want to see him with you know a full strength. You're never full strength, I just say, but um, some more talent, uh, not as many injuries. Maybe get the, the, a different quarterback in there, um, but I still feel like that you know, even even with some of the issues, I I feel like the games he's called. I mean, there's been some guys running open. There's been some in the quarterbacks that simply haven't hit him. But I think from an offensive standpoint, uh, if you want to talk about a drop off or a drop, a, the lack thereof a drop off, um, I would agree. I think they've gotten the staff has gotten guys prepared very well. Uh, I think the this the maturity of this team is is in good hands because I know as a young player you can really um, kind of sit in the back of the meeting rooms and and not really be too concerned what's going on with the game plan or the practice plan or the scouting report just because yeah I'm never going to play but I think the staff has has had some accountability to these young players and that's why I think they've they've done a good job in year one um, but again it's just. You know the overall aspect of it, I, uh, the turnovers and obviously the quarterback play, uh, just the inconsistencies from it. And um, obviously we had three quarterbacks play this year, and um, there were some good, but it was just there was more bad, and more bad being the turnovers, uh, more bad just being the, the inability to to get this offense going. Uh, I mean the worst worst offensive statistic, uh, statistically since 1968. So. Uh, they got to get things figured out here quickly in the off season, and uh, I know the, the the craziness is about to start here in December, with recruiting and transfer portals, all that stuff. So they they better have a good plan, and they better have some 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 duffel bags of cash stashed somewhere in that nil money to go <laughs> to, to go get some dudes because it's going to take some uh, some money to get it done. Well, Jay, I guess the heart of my question, and I may have phrased it poorly, but in terms of making the change this offseason, could it be as simple as just one guy, one quarterback coming in and, and fixing things for the offense? I don't think so. I don't think it's that easy. I, I think the, the uh, quarterback, just improved quarterback play, whether it's who we have currently on, on the roster or not, is going to help. I mean, you get more yards. Listen, uh, 30, whatever they were, 30-plus turnovers through 12 games, if this team turns the ball over five less times, they're going into a bowl game. That's just I'll put you know I know it's it, it kind of matters where those those turnovers happen and what time of the game that it happens, but I think uh, it's just not as easy as you can just kind of plug in a, in a quarterback. No, you still need to have improved O line play. You still got to be to be able to run the football. Uh, you got to stay healthy, and. And that's just going to help improve quarterback play. I mean, let's be honest. These defenses do not respect our passing game hardly at all. I mean, they're like, you guys, we're, we're going to stack it. We're, that's, if there's one thing we're allowing you to do or we're taking away the run game and just I, we hope you can beat us over top. And we did a few times, obviously, to Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd uh, throughout the season. But overall, the passing game was, was not very good because teams just didn't respect it because our quarterback play wasn't to where it needed to be. And uh, just that's that's the work as a whole. So I know I don't think it's 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 not a quick and easy fix as a, a plug and play quarterback. I think it's all encompassing and, and a very holistic approach and changes and improvement need to be made. 
Jay Morris with us. Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow, downtown Rosie's 10th and P. Jay Moore, of course, uh, Blackshirt Husker NFL, are part of our Blackshirt Hour. And find him on Twitter at jmore 44 Watch him on Big Red Wrap-Up. Well, the wide receivers, despite being young, got better. O-line got better. Running back got better. Tight end, decent, got better. I mean, Fedoni was targeted, at least. They didn't always get him the football. So we get back to the quarterback, and your quarterback coach is also your offensive coordinator. And I'm with you. A year's not enough time to make a judgment, and with all the injuries, not enough time to make a judgment. Uh, that said, with Satterfield, though, the quarterbacks, despite the merry-go-round, uh, had some moments, but they had more bad than good or even moments. Is the answer to go find a quarterback's coach and reassign Satterfield, yet you're still having a say with the offensive coordinator job, but for him to coach quarterbacks, put a game plan together, and and have it work, that's that's a lot to ask. I mean, Sat's feeling a little bit like like cause 2.0 as far as the, 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 the fan outcry for him in just a year. Now, there's a lot he was up against, but historically speaking, his offenses have turnover issues and is he the guy to be picking the quarterback is he the guy to be tutoring the quarterback that's a different question for you yeah it's an interesting dynamic um i mean i would say in all the levels of football i've played in in division one and you know in nfl the, the, the offensive coordinator is always working with the quarterbacks whether he's sure. a quarterback coach or not. So I think that's – I've been places where you, you always had a quarterback coach. Um, and like in the NFL, you always – because there's no – there's no um, you know, NFL, you can have as many coaches essentially as you want. There's there's not any certain numbers that you can – that like college has to deal with. So always there's always a QB coach. And that QB coach, maybe they'll see, maybe he's not. I don't know. But when it comes to college, it's just that dynamic you try to figure out just with the, the, the amount of assistant coaches you're able to have. Uh, do you do you want to double dip with your OC and uh, in in your QB coach, or do you not? And then now you just go to you know, and then okay, well, if you don't, then who else are we cutting? Because we know <laughs> we've had the argument too. Do we need a special teams coach? We got one. Mm-hmm. You know, the special teams coach has, has you know it's it's been inconsistent too this year. But it's just you got to kind of pick and choose your battles of who kind of has to double dip and who, who isn't double dipping as far as their coaching duties. So I think the situation right now is, is completely fine. I think you're always going to have your OC working with the QBs, and I think that's what you want because you're going to call a game. You want to, It's tailored to what you know your quarterbacks are able to do and what kind of offenses and, and game plans and schemes and situations they're able to, to handle. So I don't foresee that changing. Uh, I foresee the quarterback room changing drastically this offseason. Uh, and with that, I, this offense just has to change. I'm not saying the schematics has to change, but they just got to get better. Uh, you, you you have to produce more, uh, and you have to take care of the football. Jay, quickly here, last on the offense where we switch gears, talk Tony White, his future, and the Husker defense. Are you bullish on what you saw from the Husker offensive line as the year went on? What, what's your take on how Coach Riola did in 2023 and, and what that group has moving forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish. I thought you you saw it, you know young guys step in and play pretty well. 
I'm, I'm very happy where it is. I'm very happy with the recruiting scene on, on that position as well. Uh, I think we'll, we'll get some really good guys here uh, in December that will sign and, and improve that room even more. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like what Donnie's able to do. I think he's finally he's got firm control and grasp of, of what he wants to be able to do with that offensive line. I, I think there's been in years past, and I know he hasn't been here long, but uh, there's been too many inconsistencies with within amongst the staff and what's what they want to do uh, from an offense. I think they firmly understand what they want to do with, within rural and Satterfield systems. So, uh, you know, as long as he can continue to develop, continue to recruit, uh, I would remain bullish on that group. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore is we're here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. We'll continue on with Blackshirt Jay after this. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Flipping it around, Jay, to the defense. Let's get your assessment of 2023. Uh, unfortunately, the defense had to be perfect. They were darn near a lot of times. Uh, a missed tackle here or there in uh, in crunch time, Maryland, and yes, against Iowa in the in the run game, allowed some walk off field goals. But that's one play versus sixty plus, where they were pretty darn good a lot of the times. Uh, a, do you think Tony White's here to see year two and two? Um, it, it matters, but what's in that cupboard should be pretty good for 2024. Do you agree? Yeah, no doubt. We knew kind of going this year, the strength of this de- of this team was on was on defense. You saw that early, you know, even in the spring game, just the way they played um, in a very 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 small uh, sample size. I, th- I I feel like Tony White's going to be here. I think Ty Robinson makes that decision based off of what Tony White's future. So I feel pretty confident that Tony's going to be here. Uh, things can change quickly too, but I I, I would say I'm bullish on him staying. Uh, but going forward, what they've done, uh, they played they played really really well. Really, I mean, consistently, week in and week out. And if this defense wasn't as good as they were, this team might have only had one or two wins. Let's be honest. And so there's there's something to be said about that. It's just Again, a couple times, uh, just not able to be play clean and, and make a tackle when he needed to. And obviously that last play um, after the interception, or that first play after the interception late in the game against Iowa, you know, Phelan Sanford kind of fit wrong, and then Gifford missed a tackle, which those guys have played. Every one of that defense has played so well this year, made key, key stops. And it's, I know it's frustrating, and I, I, you want to overreact to that. But it's like if there's one knock – that I've had against this defense. It just seems to, in critical times, to make a play. Uh, and that's whether that's the Wisconsin game, the Maryland game. It's really just – it's probably just in November. Uh, honestly, it's the November games where you lose. It's just it – just, they may plays at, at times, but it's just – you just need one more, right? They seem to – they always just seem to make one more. That's what happens when uh, it's always – the defense – Neil always needs to do one more thing uh, when your offense is, is as poor as it has. That's always going to be the situation. So, um, really, I mean, proud of what they've done. I mean, really, really good. Laid the foundation. This team needs is going to be a defensive uh, mindset 
team. We've heard Coach Rule say that they've definitely laid the foundation. Uh, they just got to keep, you know, improving, doing, you know, just don't be content with what you did this this year. Uh, work to get better. Uh, I think you'll see you'll see still see some guys uh, probably come back that we haven't had to make that decision. So I still expect you know next year this defense to be playing and executing at a very high level. Jay, whenever you you talk about the defense and what's coming next year, Tony White's obviously the big question this week. What does he do next? Does he remain defensive coordinator? We assume with the Rays, does he go find himself a head coaching gig? But as it's a part of the Blackshirt Hour, one of Charlie McBride's favorite quotes I've heard him say it a number of times is. It's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. You think that rings true with whoever the defensive coordinator is going to be next year? It's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the guys that they are going to have on that defense. Oh, most definitely. It's always me and the players. It's always about the players. If you have, if you have the right players, you can call whatever defense and you're going to make it work. Uh, where the coaching kind of helps more is just in, you know, situational stuff you can get your getting your team in the right call because like i said there's never a perfect defense uh, you always have uh, your defense can always be exposed in some areas you always have a weakness right because you have an odd number of guys in the field so if that the offense is able to execute when you're short-sighted to a certain side of the field you just hope you can get them down for you know a three or four yard gain and then you rally and you you know you try to do better on the next down but yeah i think um the players that they have i mean you have you know nash and hopefully coming back and you have Ty Robinson coming back and, you know, Isaac Gifford and has a decision to make and uh, Bullocks and, you know, there's, you can go down the list, uh, you know, the secondary, a lot of guys are able to come back that, and lot, we lost some guys too uh, through injuries. Um, so I, this, I think we'll always be okay. We'll continue to recruit at a high level defensively. I think they've ID'd a lot of great players. Let's be honest. I mean, what they're able to do to go get Cam Linhart, Princewell. Uh, I know Cam was was a very high-rated prospect, but you know Princewell when he was coming in, you're like, okay, may, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. The dude played awesome for a true freshman. Cam Linhart played great for a true freshman. I think the the young guys that they recruited, Riley Van Poppel. You know, a lot of these guys uh, have they've developed in a very short time to play at a high level at a young age. So uh, that's what I. That's that's what's fun to see with this defense too is. You have a lot of core guys, key guys that have been here that are older, but also the ability to, to, to recruit and develop guys in a very short time frame is going to suit very well for this defense, but I think for this team going, 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 uh, going forward in the future. Jay, we'll wrap with this. want to get your take on the topic of crunch time, that situational football where it's end of game, it's final three minutes. And during that unbeaten October, Nebraska had at least a, a touchdown lead in all their wins. Sometimes it was double digits, uh, aside from Northwestern. But that knockout punch with the uh, the play to Malachi felt pretty good, right? It felt like it was a put-away moment. And the other side of it is uh, Nebraska failed too many times in crunch time on offense with that costly turnover. And then the, the response by the defense Minnesota, Iowa specifically, again, nitpicking because the, the black shirts were great. But is it a mindset you're worried about with this team, or do you think it's just year one versus the last five years uh, with guys that are on this football team and close wins, close ball yeah, games? I, I mean, I'd be lying and say if I wasn't concerned just because it's it's been an issue. I know even in year one with Rule, he hasn't been successful in one score games. I know in years two and three, he's he's had a lot more success. 
these these kids are they're they're competitors. They're they play they play their tails off. And I do wonder is you know you try too hard or you like I've always said you put the certain situation on the pedestal. Where sure. I think good teams and good players, it doesn't matter what if it's first and ten in the first quarter or if it's third and ten in the fourth quarter, last play of the game, you just go and play to execute. I think certain situations you're going to have more energy, and you probably I mean that's just human nature, adrenaline. You're going to have that, but the ability to just not, you know, overestimate the situation, and it's like, dude, we've been in this position so many times through practice and and whatever it is. Let's just go execute. It's not a, it's not like they're calling a new defense or a new offense or a new a new something new in the situation. I guarantee you, in, in crunch time. The coaches are, are pretty basic with, with what their calls because because you have to be because you want you want them to be comfortable and execute uh, what what needs to be done and what you know they've done uh, hundreds of times. So I just it it takes it it takes a minute just to not to not get yourself there to you know it's like we all know in golf you know a three footer for um, par on your second hole is is one thing but a three footer for you know, birdie in your last hole to break 80 or whatever it is to win a club championship. It's just, it's still a three footer, but it just means more, right? And adrenaline, you just, your brain gets thinking. So it, it just takes time and, and the mentality to, to kind of get over these humps. And um, I hope they get over it soon because I'm sure it's hell tired of, uh, of losing these close games and games you should win and just making, you know, whether it's turnovers or penalties in certain key areas that just has to get cleaned up and it, just to be able to get over this hump in the future. Jay Bird will check in again soon, hit some NFL. Thanks for the time today. Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time down here at Rosie's, downtown Lincoln, 10th and P. Monday Night Football going to commence here in a little bit. It is Chicago. It is Minnesota. Can't thank Munchie and the crew here at at, uh, Rosie's downtown for having us out here in November. I uh, hope to be back here soon. They're they're awesome, great spot. You know it well. And uh, just a lot of fun from our different stops this football season. Our friends at the Bar the Bar, Seth and Greg. Uh, friends at um, uh, Single Barrel, of course, for pre and post. And just, just awesome stuff. And uh, a year from now, we'll be talking about where Nebraska is bowling. How does that sound despite the schedule? Elijah Herbal is grinning. Back in studio, yeah, if you're watching you sound on the Hale Varsity YouTube, I, I I do. I think they'll get it figured out. I'll wait and see what happens to the quarterback position. You'll wait first. and correct me. Get emails to get to our dear friend Rock Westfall, longtime listener. Says nothing like the start of another national championship off season. I'm a rule believer. He's a real coach, but for and out for a bull has zapped my energy and it's inexcusable there's a lot of feels there man and rock you're not wrong and i I sure i'm sure that the coaches would say the same thing um that they they had the opportunity and just didn't make it happen um so brennan it was awesome to see brennan and his lovely wife brennan from the black hills would a bull bid Due to the APR, be welcomed at Nebraska. Just saw Minnesota got one. Nebraska pulled that card in year one of Riley. Uh, and they went and uh, played pinata with UCLA. Well, what I'll say there, I think 
the entire coaching staff would take it. I think the Husker fan base would take that. I don't think anyone would be happy with sneaking. No, I think I think you'd settle sneaking for it, in backwards right? five and seven. You know what? You'll take the payoff, understanding zero part of your performance this season deserved a bowl bid, especially the month of November. If you wanted to play into a bowl game, you had four chances at it. If you would have snuck in backwards with the APR at a five and seven record, you just said, you know what? We'll take a bowl game, but we won't be happy about it. And that goes from fans to players to coaching staff. It would have felt hollow. Uh, Geek Stradamus checks in. And, Elijah, you touched on the where are you at on the scale of grief <laughs> with this game on Friday. Acceptance and moving forward, three-fourths of the roster are underclassmen, nine returning starters on defense. I think you could be very pleased with what you got coming back and in the uh, cupboard on the offensive line you like Emmett it's kind of you, you know I, I there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have jumped into the portal K-State's quarterback Will is Howard, in yeah. the portal yeah and you have Texas Tech's quarterback in the portal you wonder who defects from Ohio State uh, portal wise and you're Okay to wonder, too. I mean, both Michigan State quarterbacks have entered into the portal. And listen, I, I think I think there's real possibility with Chuba. And I know I was buying Chuba stock. I'm still holding on to said Chuba stock because I think the guy can settle in to be a, a difference maker and a playmaker. He has shown flashes enough when healthy that he is – dangerous in a good way and bad way Uh, not all on him but you just got to refine that decision making and and a (laughs) reliable run game can do that you've got a reliable defense back tomorrow we'll talk and get you ready for nebraska creighton as that looms at the end of the week some nfl thoughts Uh, matt schick will join us Uh, mitch sherman talk to you tomorrow on hail varsity a huda media production